This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. Burr, Andrew. it's cold. What? Oh, no, you go. <laughs> do you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Would you like to make a podcast? Yeah, I would. Thanks for asking. We could read the same book and give it a look, and then we'll talk. We could yeah. do it on YouTube. <laughs> Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) So we are, Andrew, what book are we chatting about this bonus episode? Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen. The book you've all been waiting for. Uh Uh, We're bending our rule for our December bonus episode. We've got our lovely patron supporters, Patreon supporters in the chat. Go to patreon.com slash overdue pod to figure out how to join us for our February bonus recording. We figured we would bend the rule uh, and both read the book this time, which we like to do for the bonus recordings. It makes them a little, uh, a little more fun for the mm-hmm. audience. Yeah. Um, since we're since we both have it. And uh yeah, I I had originally pitched that we would just f- because it's winter. Uh-huh. Or at least I want it to be winter. It's like trying really hard yeah. most here, days. To it, be here winter. in the Northern Hemisphere, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured what if we just did Frozen? Just just read a book of Frozen. Right, and and yeah, and but Frozen has name recognition. You got to yep. get those downloads. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's, all, that's but, the only reason I program anything on this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but like the only version of frozen novelized you could find was like a disney like an official disney sanctioned junior yeah novelization of it and i thought it would be too worried an adaptation it was gonna also maybe run a little bit into the space jam book situation Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. a little thin maybe but the space jam book did have muscle bugs in it (laughs) and i don't i don't think that true we would have gotten any muscle guys in the frozen one i don't you know are we correct. Didn't read it. no i think yeah I, I just i thought it would be you know we we could also talk about frozen but we could talk about the book that extremely extremely loosely so loose that it's not even listed under the adaptations of the snow queen it's listed under like a separate category called inspired works that i don't think i'd ever run into before. god bless whoever <laughs> is running the snow queen's wikipedia page because they buried the movie frozen at the bottom, at the bottom of mm-hmm. inspired works under media, which I think does, yes. what? Sub- substantially under the 2012 Russian animated film, The Snow Queen. Yeah. Which I do. OK, so I don't know anything about The Snow Queen. I, it does look like marginally more faithful. And also it had three sequels, The Snow Queen 2. Oh, the, the film, Queen, you mean? Yes, the, the film, not the book. The Snow Queen 3, Fire and Ice and The Snow Queen Mirrorlands. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, all have received generally positive reviews. So if you want a more faithful animated adaptation, go check out the Russian animated movie, The Snow Queen. Sure. Is that the one that had, um, that was dubbed like multiple times? I don't know if it was dubbed multiple times. I know the people who were attacked. There was one were? cast that had like Kathleen Turner and Mickey Rooney and Kirsten Dunst and Laura San Giacomo in it. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's the version that okay. actually made it. That's the version I want to watch. <laughs> uh, but yes. It's, it's, okay. What do you want to talk about with Snow Queen slash Frozen? Oh, well, I just think it's Frozen is a big property. It's a big... Oh, God, I, wow. I came out, came out in 2013, 10 yes. American years ago, which is wild American to me. American years ago. <laughs> um, but it was and, like a big, a big, big hit for Disney. Yeah. Um, like one of their best received movies since their like nineties era yeah, renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And they've been and, trying to, yeah. there are, I want, I wanted to talk ab- about frozen, I think because like, I thought the snow queen would be a good angle because like we, ha- we get to do on this show, the, you know, behind the music on some, no- on some stories sometimes <laughs> like we get to really go back and be like, where did this come from? And so you mm-hmm. made the right call to make us actually read the snow queen fairy tale mm-hmm. uh, which we will talk about and we'll talk about hans christian anderson we did cover uh the little mermaid for episode 333 which i believe was a live show in and, rhode island yes and the way that this live show was set up oh god was, there's so many plates <laughs> instead of doing it in a like in a, a room time. where people yeah we we did have a great time and I don't think it was a bad show but the way that it usually works when we did a live show which we haven't done in like four years yeah a long time um, is people come to a small room to see to to see the show <laughs> and then we do the show in front of them and for this for whatever reason we were like scheduled as like lunchtime entertainment for this library conference. I was ready for it and so I don't know that anybody actually was listening to anything that we said which is fine but. Uh, it was I just mean, a weird one. That's the main thing I remember about that episode. It was just it, the vibes were weird. I remember friends of the show, including Margaret, at like a table right in front of us having yeah. a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our listeners probably listened to it, had a good time. So we do talk about uh, the great Dane, Hans Christian Andersen, a bit. <laughs> Is that in- what we call him? I mean, he's Danish, right? Yeah, I guess. But he's not like a Marmaduke. Like he's he's a know. person. He's a man. I've never seen the man. Um, <laughs> but so, what do we? What do we need to know? Do you want to talk about Frozen or, or HCA first? Uh, let's talk about Let's talk about HCA. Okay. Our boy Hans Christian Anderson, who was born in eighteen oh five, died in eighteen seventy five. Um, yeah, he just had. He came from like deep, deep poverty, which yeah. kind of motivated a lot of his activities in life his father died when he was 11 he left home at 14 and went to Copenhagen to like try to make it as a singer and and performer um his first poem was published in 1827 first successful novel which is called Improvisatore which is based on travels to France Switzerland and Italy okay published in 1835 and that same year he began publishing his first his first fairy tales like his first collection of fairy tales came out that year it was i believe called fairy tales for children a label that he stopped using <laughs> not long after smart this. smart and yeah he just wrote a new volume of fairy tales every couple of years after this among among his other writing he wrote a total of 156 
Okay. Including lots of big name bangers like The Little Mermaid, uh, Thumbelina, The Emperor's New Clothes, The Ugly Duckling, The Princess and the Pea. Yep. Um, and it's just, you know, when we do stuff like this, it's just funny to me how hard Disney fights having its works enter the public domain when it is yep. so happy to mine the public domain Correct. for its own, That's for a good its point. own benefit. I don't know. It's just something to think about. There is a brain pickings article by Maria Popova from 2013. Um, I remember citing for the, for the uh, other episode, Little Mermaid. Um, this is something to the effect of like, he borrowed maybe half a dozen stories of the 150 or so that he wrote, like contrast, Anderson with uh like the Grimm brothers mm-hmm. who were basically like trawling around through Europe just like tell me what folk stories you just got just like hom- homering it up we're going to write it down and put yeah. it in a book yeah uh and Hunter Anderson is like no these are just like the stories i'm thinking of maybe they're from i think you know you mentioned he grew up in deep poverty like a village of you know no more than a few thousand people at most yeah. at, you mm-hmm. know so all of the stories we have of his are either his own whole cloth invention or like he is the person who put them down for, for many of them. Sure. Um, so they do have this. I don't know when I'm reading when I was reading this, Andrew, I got big genie babies vibes, big Arabian Nights <laughs> vibes from this one of just like, mm-hmm. here's some stuff. Here's Magic. Some stuff yeah. Some stuff happens to kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Religion, and it's maybe. Not, and it's mostly about vibes and not about like the the movie Frozen is a film with a plot. Which, with a plot, eventually it works its way around to having an antagonist. Mm-hmm. It has a complicated relationship with antagonists for a while. Yeah, I think. yeah, yes, um, correct. But it's yeah, but but it's not a we kind of a weird floaty thing where a bunch of stuff just happens to people and they run into people and then they run into more people. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. So the. The stuff I don't remember exactly what we ended up talking about with respect to like translations in the oh no hit me please in the show that we did because I think we both found a like a, a version that maybe it had some other tales in it but it was like mostly just the Little Mermaid yeah right? sure that's I think I so yeah I think so yeah so I had some trouble finding a satisfactory trans- translation of this at first the uh, free EPUB version on Project Gutenberg which does not list a translator is basically readable, but it reads like Google, Google translate. It's very, it's very <laughs> oh strange. Boy. No, thanks. So when I was trying to find one, you know, I, w- I was just trying to look up and see like, what's the definitive version of this in English. If there is a version, I found a December, 2004 guardian piece about the translations that uh, Tina Nunnally and uh, Jeffrey and Diana Crone Frank, like these two People did translations that came out around the same time, neither of which seemed to be in print in Kindle editions, but it was enlightening as to like the the state that the work was in before oh, okay. people started paying more attention to it. So um, from this Guardian piece, which is by Catherine Hughes, she says, long before Danny Kay coded Anderson with his own brand of schmaltz in 1952 yeah, or yeah. Moira Shearer became the owner of the Red Shoes, Anderson's world was being distorted by a host of poor renderings. The problem was that English writers such as Mary Howitt and Charles Boner working in the 1840s were translating not from the original Danish, but from a clunky German version. They were, in effect, translating a translation. Um, 
It says something about the vitality of Anderson's voice that he managed to make himself heard through the hissing and popping of so many poor translations to win himself a huge and devoted Anglophone audience. Anyone else would have been muffled into silence. Oh, wow. Good quote. Um, So the one I ended up going with is um, it's a translation from 2005 um, by, I do not have the pronunciation for her name to to hand, Marte Havam Halt, who is a translator from Minnesota. Oh. Um, She has a short translator's note. Uh, where she says something we've more or less heard said by by tra- other translators we've liked. Um, her goal was, quote, capturing the mood and tenor of each individual story rather than being like strictly literal about everything. Sure. Um, and she didn't want to she didn't want to try to make all of the stories fit into like one consistent voice either, because she says Anderson used, quote, diverse techniques depending on the demands of the story and at, and at different times in his life. Oh, Um. So yeah, just just a lot out there about Hans Christian Andersen translations. She also uh, this edition also has a bunch of autobiograph a bunch of biographical stuff. I think mostly pulled from a uh, 2005 biography by Jens Andersen called Hans Christian Andersen: A New Life. Uh, that is all about sort of bursting his bubble, like as a person, mm. um, because he. She she writes basically, you know, in, in an age before like PR people existed, Hans Christian Andersen like knew how to sell himself. Like he wrote three biographies about himself. I saw some and, and um, like his diaries were available, you know, became available. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I think I think a lot of the, the stuff that this biography is sourced from comes from a lot of his letters. Um, yep. But she she writes his fame was also tainted. Anderson was a nuisance, a pest, a demanding intruder and a clumsy actor <laughs> whose greatest desire was to write plays and star in them. Oh boy! He never fully fully realized this ambition, but he did become an inventive and innovative writer of fairy tales, and he used his tales therapeutically to come to terms with the traumas and tensions in his life. All this huh. led to the formation of an extraordinary personality. For Anderson was one of the greatest mythomaniacs, hypochondriacs, and narcissists of the 19th century. He custom made his life into a fairy tale that he sold successfully from the moment he arrived in Copenhagen, and it is impossible to grasp him or any of his tales without knowing something about the reality of his life and his strategies for survival. Yes, so it mythomaniacs. Goes pretty, it goes pretty hard. Yes. Yes, I wanted to start start with some stuff about translation so I could get into this like front matter that that she puts in, in her book because a lot of it is very like you know th- there is a basic he was born here and he went to Copenhagen sure and yeah he got, of course he got money from the king to write stories and he was successful and la da da and then you get to this next section that's like here's the here's the behind the music about Hans Christian Anders <laughs> I do remember from some of the research for Little Mermaid that like. He was he had a really rough time in school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was just probably, you know, dealt with something like dyslexia or some other sort of learning uh challenge where he was like in classrooms with kids five years younger than him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, all sorts of forces that like might build a mythomaniac once he well, finds the, success. And, and I don't this, know. Yeah, and this book paints all of that as like he was trying really hard to get by in like Danish high society, but society was so stratified that everybody could like peg him as oh, no. some low class person right away. Oh my God. And so this horrible like teacher of his that he went to helped to, <laughs> to beat into him what he needed to know. So, but, but also like outside of uh, Denmark, whenever he would go anywhere else, he would always send like copies of his work to like notable people and be like, Whoa, this Hans Christian Andersen guy, he seems really great. Everybody should want to meet with him. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> so just really aggressively promoting himself and also really mad that Danish people did not see him for the great guy who <laughs> he knew himself to be. She also had kind of bad things to say about his other work, uh, his non fairy so tale work. I'm so glad you found this edition because I read a different edition, so we'll okay, talk about cool. that. Although his novels and plays were sometimes well-received, his writing was clearly not suited for these forms. The novels, plays, and even his poetry are flaccid, conventional, sentimental, and imitative, barely readable today. Oh, wow. Um... I think that's, that's rough. Oh, at his best, Anderson was an unusually creative and sensitive writer whose imagination enabled him to transform ordinary occurrences and appearances into extraordinary stories that open new perspectives on life. He was not a profound philosophical thinker, but he had a knack of responding spontaneously and naively to the world around him. And he possessed a talent for conveying his wonder about the miracles of life through short narrative prose that could be awe-inspiring. Moreover, because he always felt oppressed, dominated, and misunderstood, he sought to assess and grasp the causes of suffering and offered hope to his readers, a hope that he himself needed to pursue his dreams. So, like, there's a nice version, I guess. Yeah, really taking the long walk to that compliment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, I read a very... I I mean, I don't know that I have much to say about the edition I read. Like, I did find it was an English-language Kindle edition of the translation by H.B. Paul who was a British, um, Susanna Mary Paul, uh, British translator, born in 1812, uh, died in 1888. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, did a bunch of translations um, as part of, like, a way to earn uh, money for her family. <laughs> like, that was, she was interested in religious-themed novels and children's books and did mm-hmm. a lot of HCA stuff, uh and the grim- if people don't leave our podcast just referring to this man as HCA like colloquially, we've <laughs> failed. Um, but a lot of stuff by him and a lot of stuff by the Grimm brothers. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad that you found the version you did because it's way like there. There's nothing it remarkable more, about the more edition salacious I found. to be yeah. like, oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he wrote some cool fairy tales, but everything else he wrote sucked. <laughs> Beth uh, in the chat says something else that I read in this little bio, which is I had a vague memory about HCA and Charles Dickens, and I looked it up, and they were friends until HCA stayed too long and made Dickens hate him, which, hey, that's that's pretty relatable. I feel like Dickens was part of the publication process for Little Mermaid, if I if I recall correctly. It could be could be mistaken. But sure. Um so let's talk about the Snow Queen a little bit. Snow you Queen to, about, do you want to talk about Frozen later or do you want to talk about Oh, it's I'll get I'll I got a I got a sequence here for you. Okay, that great. I'm glad you have a plan. Yeah. So, 1844, Snedronigan, Snedronigan. Bless you. Is the the Danish word? I'm sure it means Snow Queen. Um, published 1844 in a collection called New Fairy Tales because he mm-hmm. dropped that for children moniker, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one year before when The Little Mermaid would be published. It's one of his longest stories. And uh, there is, okay, I did go to livinglit.wordpress.com. There's a whole article that you can read uh, Mm -hmm. called How the Swedish Nightingale Became the Snow Queen. And so he uh, was in love with this woman named Jenny Lind, who was this very successful Danish opera singer. Okay. um, Or Swedish, rather, because she was called the Swedish Nightingale. And... 
She was clearly in- the inspiration for another story he wrote called The Nightingale. Duh. <laughs> yes, right. Mm-hmm. And a biographer named Carol Rosen has argued that the Snow Queen was an invention uh, that he created after he proposed marriage to Jenny Lind and was rejected. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that anyone else other than Carol Rosen has taken up this mantle. That that is what the Living Lit uh, blog kind of argues. I think what what halts the the translator in my my edition says on that front? Not like not about this specifically, but like yes, absolutely, you can read autobiographical stuff into yeah his work, but she would hesitate to read them exclusively through Correct. that framing <laughs> they're a little too primal i think yeah. for for kind of neat biographical allegories mm-hmm. uh though i think like people were pretty comfortable saying oh he wrote a story about an emperor who falls in love with a bird that sings good yeah. that happens to be a nightingale and you can be like oh yeah it's that lady <laughs> called the nightingale that he loves mm-hmm. um there's stuff later in, in either maybe in his diaries or in one of his biographies where he's still complimentary towards her and that's like after snow queen that's kind of a little bit of a hole in in carol rosen's argument uh but that's kind of a neat little thing we talked about rebecca in the chat saying revising the opinion of hca he's not a pick me girl he's a quote nice guy unquote (laughs) uh you mentioned the soviet animation uh, editions. There was a 1995 British animation adaptation of the Snow Queen with Helen Mirren and Hugh Laurie. Uh, <laughs> there, w- it was included in. I think this comes up with a lot of these classic stories, Andrew. Like, remember it was Anne of Green Gables. Like, there's always like this very successful anime version that I've <laughs> never heard of. That like it was. There's like a whole collection of Hans Christian Andersen stories that have been animated. Uh, mm-hmm. In Japan, animated. Yes, as they, they say. <laughs> excuse over there. me. That's how yeah. they say it. Uh-huh. Um, as someone in the chat said, I'm the languages person on the yes. podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Courtney. Um, so, the Snow Queen Maven inspired C.S. Lewis's The White Witch, who is also a frosty lady who steals a little boy. Yeah. Um, Always winter, as, never Christmas. As we have Famous. discussed, it inspired the 2013 film Frozen. There is. Uh, History with the Disney Corporation of trying to adapt Hans Christian Andersen stuff going all the way back to the 1930s. There was a pitch where they would collaborate with uh, Goldwyn of MGM, like Goldwyn Meyer. He's the G in MGM. Yes. Uh, And that fell apart. The, the, The version I read claimed it was because Disney got too involved making war propaganda and couldn't commit to the project. And so Goldwyn made a live action Hans Christian Andersen like music and ballet dance film starring Danny Kaye as uh, Hans Christian Andersen. Danny Kaye is the not Bing Crosby guy in White Christmas, if you're not <laughs> super familiar with Danny Kaye. Um, what is that film? Now, now I'm thinking about Danny Kay. Danny Kay ghost movie. Let me Google it real quick. Okay. If you ever watch the film Wonder Man sometime, Danny Kay plays both a man and his brother's ghost in the movie. <laughs> and just thinking about how they would like put a ghost in a 1945 musical film, yeah, it's better than you think. Huh. The technology, okay, it would, it would the story is kind of, uh, yeah. But anyway. Um, 
And so it's been around in the Disney sphere for a while. In the 90s, following the Disney Renaissance, they're like, ah, another another story from the public domain, yes, as you mentioned, Andrew, that we could use. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of treatments for years where they can't really figure it out. Um, They have a breakthrough hit with Tangled, and they're like, oh, maybe we can go back to that fairy tale well. We can do it with a computer this time. And their focus was maybe we would do a, a movie where true love did not mean like romantic love. That's kind sure, of their, yeah, yeah. And that is a that is not a departure from the original fairy tale actually, um, because the two kids in in the story of the Snow Queen, they're just kids. It, it is not yeah, they're, like they're children. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're the the kind of healing love that that saves the day in this book does kind of map to that pretty well. I think they that had is a- probably the most okay, so full disclosure, I did watch the movie Frozen for the very first time <laughs> today and yesterday to prepare for this podcast. And yes. that was that is the most interesting twist about the movie Frozen. Is what? that it's set up to be romantic yeah. love the whole time and, and then it's, it's not sisterly love. It's It's pretty good. Frozen. Um they couldn't crack the Snow Queen as an antagonist. Um, they just it never worked, so they revamped her to be Elsa, um, Anna and Elsa, the two sisters in Frozen. If you've existed on the planet Earth, um, in the world where it earned one point three billion dollars, like you've probably seen Anna and Elsa out there in the world, whether or not just like on some kid's backpack or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they are sisters. Elsa has ice powers. She's an X man who doesn't know how to control her powers. She hasn't been to Charles Xavier's school for the gifted or whatever, and. Uh, Anna has to save the day and has to save her sister. Um, I like this about the development of Frozen when they were rea- when they realized what if they were sisters instead of like an evil queen. Uh-huh. They held a sisters summit where they invited everyone <laughs> working on the film to who had sisters or was a sister mm-hmm. to like come and share their experience of being a sister. Uh, Toy Christopher in the chat brings up something interesting. She received terrible advice on how to use her powers as a child, which is if you that is seen, true. If you've seen the movie Frozen within the last twenty four hours, like I have, you'll remember <laughs> yeah. that Elsa is developing her ice powers at a, as a as a like tween, yeah, and accidentally hurts her sister, and then her dad and all these weird like monster rock goblins are like, "Don't, you, the, don't the use the little power. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we can hide it." And yes. I do think they. They if do the, the, the nebulizer queen, or whatever to the the neuralizer to Anna's brain, so she doesn't yeah. even know. If the Snow Queen is a like an allegory, like a, a biblical allegory, I feel like Frozen could be read as an allegory about uh, abstinence-only sex education. This is just a thought that just Wait occurred to me second. just now. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> There's a lot of takes about what Frozen is and can be about. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, there's a big, you know, queer reading on Elsa uh, about her like owning who she is and not being ashamed of herself, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I had not, I had not read the abstinence take. This is, this is just a cool hot take that I'm coming up with right now about the 2013 Disney film Frozen, <laughs> which I saw years ago. I did not rewatch. I watched two different YouTube videos that claimed to recap Frozen in mere minutes. And they were both the same script read by a different text-to-speech robot with <sighs> clips of the movie that presumably another robot had edited. I love the internet. I knew it was a robot it. because it, they said it was uh, someone was from a southern region mm-hmm. and uh, Elsa 
objected to something that Anna was doing. I, yeah, I hope that whoever spams these to whatever channel you found them on enjoys like the two cents that they made off of your ad views because she was. Uh, as we wrap up talking about Frozen, I do want to shout out the uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez who wrote the songs, uh, including Let It Go, which slaps. Let it go, let it go, let it go. That's yep. my favorite one from the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, before Frozen. Avenue Q, great musical that you could never make today, truly. I hate saying that about most media, but you could never make that show again today. It's very upsetting. Um, and I liked it a lot. Uh, the Book of Mormon, um, which the first act of is great and the second act is okay. Uh, Frozen, Frozen 2, and Coco. I did not realize that they had done the music for oh, Coco. And they egotted when they wrote the songs for WandaVision, including Agatha All Along, which got them their Emmy. Huh. Um, and I think Robert Lopez is the youngest person to EGOT. Neat. Um, That's cool. kind of cool. And it starred, you know, as many of us know, Frozen star Adina Menzel and Kristen Bell, who mostly in my life is a woman who appears in commercials. Um, I know. <laughs> I know she's that she also does in things. The Good Plays in Veronica Mars. Uh, yeah, but she's just mostly in commercials with her husband, Dak Shepard. She's in a lot of commercials with her husband, Dak Shepard. And that's like, I don't begrudge her that, but. No. Sure. Um, and the film Frozen spa- uh, spawned a short called Frozen Fever, where Elsa sneezes and makes snow happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which I recall everyone oh, being man. annoyed. Man, because you go to see Coco, <laughs> you go to see this story. I went to see this with Susanna and my mom and dad, having never seen, as I famously, having never seen Frozen until today. And as opposed to like a typical Pixar short, which is like a three minute little aperitif about like a cute bird or some something <laughs> ends up being like this 27 minute long Olaf focused short who is hands down, by the way, the worst character in the movie. Yeah. Frozen. yeah. This is, I, I don't, I think of it as a, as an ice age thing. Like I feel like a lot of CG movies feel the need to have like this weird comic relief character who almost exists Inside I mean, of the movie as a, like a Deadpool kind of thing to like make sure I mean, that the, people the are laughing. The genie caused this, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams' genie made this happen. Because Robin Williams' genie was Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> but fair enough. Yeah, Olaf, Olaf is the, Olaf the pits. I do not like Olaf at all. It, um, yeah. But there was a featurette. It's but not yeah, even a yeah. short. And so, it's a yeah, so, I'm, so I'm, I am sitting through 27 minutes of Frozen just being like, when are we going to get to the fireworks factor like when am i going to see the movie that i saw and i think especially in spanish-speaking territories oh people were really upset that they went to go see coco and had to sit through half an hour of frozen first <laughs> <laughs> uh before we start talking about the snow queen did you have anything else no i have I a one. i have a screen rant article that itemizes the differences between the two stories but we should probably talk about the snow queen first yeah so i want i just wanted to start people coming into this from frozen i just wanted oh, to yeah. talk about all the characters from the snow queen who did end up on screen in the movie frozen yeah and so i've queued up just this cool like this cast photo of oh, the main great. characters from the movie frozen i think you, hopefully you can see it in the stream there yeah so there's elsa yeah and there's elsa so who's, who elsa is not in the book uh nope. hans is not in the book who else is in it just uh, go from anna? anna yeah anna's not in the book now who's that guy on the right is he in the book uh christoph yeah see in the book no it's not in the book uh no. what about this this cool this cute like reindeer guy was it is he in the book 
Sven? There yeah. is a reindeer in the book. There is a reindeer, but is Sven the reindeer from the movie Frozen in the book? No. No, he's not. And is Olaf the worst, most annoying character in the whole movie? Is he in the book? <laughs> no. He's not in the book. No. So nobody, this... <laughs> so you do, there are two servants in the, like in the castle where Elsa and Anna live. Who are named uh, Gerda and what's the name of the Kai is the Kai. name of the boy? Yeah, they or are K, named Gerda and yeah, Kai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that is they are named like in honor of this story that Frozen is extremely loosely based on. Yes, and that's pretty much it. And I yeah. also think once you get to Elsa like making the big ice castle for herself, there's a lot of imagery in there that I think matches up with how the snow castle in this story is portrayed. Yes. But uh, other than that, you know, not a lot, not a lot going on. No, you can read. That's, you can make uh, a read. That's, that happens in the book. You can make a read of the little robber girl, mm-hmm. um, who shows up later as being kind of related to Kristoff, though. Mm-hmm. Like it, it ends differently, and you know, it's not quite the same. But there is a like, there's a plot adjacent character who helps our main character get 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 on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I think the like arc of the of the stories is not wholly off in the sense mm-hmm. that it's like two people who had a connection, they get separated, and then like one of them goes off on an adventure to save the other one. Is that the plot of a lot of stories? Yes, 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 yes. yes There's also fine. a little like a little bit a little through line where like magic stuff in your heart is bad. Getting hit by magic in the heart does bad stuff. Yes, you? the ice mm-hmm. stuff is is like remarkably close. They they took that. They were like, mm-hmm. okay, ice in the heart, bad. What if it was cold? What if it was cold <laughs> and it was bad? <laughs> this is based on the Snow Queen. What if it was cold, like in the book, The Snow Queen? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's. You know, there, there's the like the do you do you want to build a snowman? Song that song rules, um, great song. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole like communicating, even though you can't interact, uh, you can you if you really want to be generous to the connection between the two stories. Mm-hmm. There's a part of the beginning of the Snow Queen where like the two kids like can't actually hang out on their rooftop flower bed because it's winter, so they like sure. like sending messages to each other through the frosted windows. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. You know, it's that <laughs> sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the the like the kids in this story are closer to HCA circumstances. They're lower class city kids. They are not royalty. Which is like a whole part of Frozen setup that if you ask too many questions, it doesn't really make any sense, and that's Ale- fine. Allegra in the chat says, "Do you want to build an Olaf?" And I don't know if you can like kick people out of a Patreon <laughs> if you want, if they do a bad <laughs> if they do a bad enough thing to you. But I think we should look into it. This is not yeah, well, related to anything in particular. Okay, so you're gonna write you're gonna write the email to Patreon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. So let's. Talk about the Snow Queen, Andrew. Sure. Okay. Minute 45. <laughs> uh, the Snow Queen starts with a mirror and some like weird goblin who... A, a troll who may be a devil pretending to be a troll. Yes. He's a he's a troll. 
Yes. Um, he was one of the absolute worst. He was the devil himself. One day he was in a really good mood because he had made a mirror that caused everything good and beautiful it reflected to shrink to almost nothing and anything that was worthless and ugly to stand out and look even worse. It's not even a mirror that flips everything. It's just like, if it's ugly, if it's beautiful, it's ugly. If it's ugly, it's uglier. Bad mirror. I love this. I like the ugly mirror. Th- this gets to the, what you said earlier where the translator was like, you can't read everything about this as like some sort of biographical allegory. Some of it's just really potent fairy tale magic stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if we had a funny mirror that like, it, it was a worldview as a mirror. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like stuff sucks. Yeah. And what if like every internet comment section was a mirror? <laughs> Yeah. And that's what this is. Everybody in the chat stands with Allegra. You know. <sighs> it's fine. I'll, I will right. delete my draft email right now. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's the democracy mirror, at work, everybody. <laughs> they're going to take the mirror to heaven to, like, make fun of God or something. And the mirror breaks. Mm-hmm. And all the pieces of the mirror fly throughout the world. And it infects people's eyes and hearts. Mm-hmm. So you're if it, if a piece of the mirror gets it's just in your, a little piece of glass in your and I don't know if like broken glass goes everywhere. Like you can get teeny oh tiny God. shards showing oh, it's up. So bad. For I weeks. don't want to talk about it. It's so bad. Um, but you get a piece of of glass in your eye, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like you get red pilled and. For the first time, one could really see they felt what the world and people really looked like. Uh-huh. So it's not just that, like, oh, now you think stuff looks like crap, and you're now a jerk who thinks everything is bad. It's like it, you think you're super right about it, and that like the the scales have fallen from your eyes, and now you're All seeing right. the world for how it is. So this like red pill mirror breaks, yeah, and its shards start <laughs> flying everywhere. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Kai and Gerda, Kay and Gerda, live next to each other in a city. Their parents have adjoining roofs. They have cool flowers on top. They're good friends. I like the description of city living in the big city where there are so many houses and people that there isn't enough space for all people to have a little garden. And where most people have to be contented with flowers and pots, there lived two poor children who had a garden slightly larger than a flower pot. <laughs> So yeah, they're doing okay, I guess. Like they're, yeah, they're hanging out in the flower pot. Um, Gerda's grandma tells them a story about the Snow Queen, who is like the snowflakes are bugs. She's the queen bee of the snowflake bugs. Uh-huh. She's bad. Is this not how it works? I was, conv- I was not prepared for snowflakes to be like entities. Yeah. That's a cool thing I learned from this book. Mm-hmm. Also, what? not in the movie Frozen. The snowflakes <laughs> are not bugs. <laughs> not- uh, and Unless then, Olaf is just like a bunch of bugs walking around like Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. He's an Olaf suit is what he is. <laughs> um, Kai sees the Snow Queen out his window. She doesn't do anything. He just sees her. Yeah. Uh, Gerda learns a song about roses because they're friends. with Roses bloom and cease to be, but we shall the Christ child see. Mm-hmm. That's the song that she likes to sing to remind herself of her friend who she bonded with over the roses. Mm-hmm. And uh, one summer day, he's infected by the troll mirror. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah, the pieces of the mirror just fly into him. Uh, poor Kai had also gotten a piece right into his heart. It would soon become like a clump of ice. After a while, it didn't hurt anymore, but it was there. 
Why are you crying, he asked. It makes you look ugly. There's nothing wrong with me. Yuck, he cried out. That rose there is worm-eaten, and look how crooked that one is. Those really are some ugly roses. <laughs> so immediately you get a piece of this troll mirror in your heart, and you're just like, bleh, everything sucks. You become a troll. You yeah. start trolling everyone. Mm-hmm. The only thing he doesn't think sucks is snowflakes. He does like snowflakes because it's cold. It's snow. He also got a little bit of glass in his eye. Yes, correct. That was why he also made fun of little Gerda, who loved him with all her soul. Oh, That's sad. Yeah. I do. It is an interesting fairy tale device to be like anybody who is mean or a jerk. Maybe they just got a piece of troll mirror in them <laughs> and they can be redeemed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kai, because he's, you know, now just a jerk boy, um, goes sketching with his friends. He just he immediately becomes like a nine year old boy, which is. Wild. I love maybe that, that maybe this ha- maybe this is explains that phase of every little boy's development where they God. think they're really funny and they're super not. <laughs> I'm so worried about. I know we've talked about this before. I know you oh, and I are coming. both it's so com- it's be worried rough. about because Henry space. is Henry is so funny right now. Oh but then God. there's going to be a phase where he's not, but he thinks that he is. I know the curse of the Cunningham men. That that is the it's like I am I- actually, <laughs> <laughs> but not when all I'm- of us. When I was still like working in summer camps, like the youngest boys, like who were just like who had just started camp, they mm-hmm. were still funny. Yeah, they didn't get funny again until late middle school. Yeah, like it sucks. It's so just a, such a long, dry stretch. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> um, okay, so he goes sketching with uh, sleds. I didn't know that HCA invented sketching, which is pretty cool. Um, what did, and tell me it's described to me again what sketching is. sketching is when you are on a skateboard and you like hold on to the back bumper of a car and you like let it drive you around oh okay so these boys are taking their snow sleds and attaching them to horse sleighs in the center of town and like riding around in the snow and uh Kai attaches his to a sleigh with a robed figure who just drives away. And he's like, I would like to get off. And the driver's like, no, no, I am the Snow Queen. Mm-hmm. I kidnap you. And she infects him and takes him away. Mm-hmm. And we don't see him for the rest of the book until the end. Yeah. And we don't see her for the rest of the book until the end. No, they're both at the end of the book. I can see why Disney was like, we don't know what to do with her. Because she's not like a menacing figure. I'm trying to think of a Disney movie where you could just like disappear a person from like the first half of Act One and have them come back in the second half of Act Three and have it like mean anything. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, tough. Yeah. Most movies don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Gerda sets off. Does this happen in the summer? And Gerda sets off to go find him. Mm-hmm. Because everyone in town just thinks he died, which yeah. she thinks sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that her first thing that she's going to do is she's going to throw... Does she throw his shoes in the river? She throws some shoes in the river. Yeah, I don't remember whose shoes she throws in the river, but they're like... Then she's in a boat, and they're like following her around. And well, because the river <laughs> the river tosses the shoes back, and she, yes. she's trying mm-hmm. to learn something about where he went. Uh, and she's like, well, I'll get in a boat and drop the shoes in the river so they don't flow back. And the boat takes her to a lady. It's sort of a Hansel and Gretel witch house situation. I mean, for it to be a Hansel... 
I'm going to quibble with you there because fair enough, fair I enough, think the enough. defining thing about the Hansel and Gretel witch house is that the witch wants to fatten them up and eat them, which does not happen in this. No. In this, this is more. I don't know. It's keep you around. It's not really a Cersei thing. It's like a make you make you forget what you were doing, so you just hang out there all the time. I'm yeah. sure somebody in the chat knows more legends that <laughs> has that as an element. But she, this woman, um, the sorceress has wisely like she has learned that Gerda has this song about roses that reminds her of Kai and so she's like okay I'm gonna cast a spell to make all my roses go underground so she'll never see a rose again oh and... Lotus Eaters says Emma oh Lotus Eaters yeah, yeah yeah um she does make a mistake she wears a rose on her hat one day and it kind of snaps Gerda out of it she's been playing in this garden I love the scene where she starts talking to all the flowers just because like HCA is not doesn't explain how or why she can do it. She's like, this girl talks to flowers. Mm-hmm. She's going to ask the roses about Kai because yeah, the roses you, come up from the ground. Eventually it becomes clear that she has her own sort of magic powers, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's she's it's, pure of heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And she talks to the roses and I love the roses in my versions that and the ro- she asks the roses what happened to her friend did he die and the roses say no he is not dead we have been in the ground where all the dead lie but but kai is not there yeah yeah she talks to all the flowers and the roses are like the they give her the most relevant information out of any of the roses because yeah. the rest of them are basically like i don't know man i'm just flowers <laughs> I, I don't know about your friend <laughs> She does realize that all of a sudden it is autumn. Time has passed, which is a bummer. Yeah. And so she goes off. She adventures. She meets a crow. I like this cool crow. He's very clever. Yeah. What's how's it translated? Because mine says now it says croquet. Good day. Good day. It couldn't say it any better, but it meant well and asked where she was going. So all alone in the wide world. What what did you say? Whoa. Uh, let me find the first. This edition is at the of- very beginning of the fourth story. Okay, let me find it. Uh, Oh, no, here's what it said. He stood looking at her for some time, and then he wagged his head and said, Caw, caw, good day, good day. Okay. Interesting that mine is like, good day. (laughs) Good day. I'm, I I wonder how that is reflected in the original language. Like, it's it's clear that this crow, like, speaks very good English for a crow, but, like, not... Yeah. Like for a purse. <laughs> yeah, I bet that this is being a little like cleaned up Victorian British or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the crow who has a crow wife back at the princess's house. A wife guy. He, this crow is a wife guy and I respect <laughs> it. Um, he's like, hey, the princess at my kingdom might be marrying a prince that could be your missing friend. Let's go find mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. He he, and th- he arrived. This princess kind of rules. Like she wanted yeah. a husband who could answer when you said something to him, not just one who stood around looking distinguished because that's so boring. I love it. <laughs> I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and a fellow, <laughs> there lives a princess who is immensely intelligent, but then she has also read all the newspapers in the world and forgotten them again. That's how smart she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the 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 crow describes a small like fellow in shabby clothes who won everyone over a real um actually Aladdin not Prince Ali of of Abu Abagwa or whatever he yeah because he's a big he's a liar yeah 
Um, and they sneak into the castle, but it is not Kai. And the prince and princess are like, let's be nice to you. Let's give you a horse carriage and some boots and send you off. We meet the crow wife. She's cool, too. We can't elide over how the young man does resemble Kai. The prince only resembled him in the neck, but he was young and handsome. You ever look it at was somebody's, his neck. You're right. You ever look at somebody's neck and be like, oh, man, is that my uncle? <laughs> I know that neck. The only neck I can recently think of that I have thought looked like someone else's neck was when Simon was really little and he had his big round head and his really no. scrawny neck. His little baby pencil neck. Oh, man. I love and he looked neck. like that guy from Succession who had the pencil neck. What was that guy's <laughs> oh, name? That pencil neck guy? Forget Bruno? What was his name? Uh, pencil neck Succession. This is a real episode mm. uh, for everyone who's enjoying it at home. Who is the... Man, <laughs> the internet is the worst. Because the, the Google blurb thing just says, who is the thin neck in succession? Fisher <laughs> Stevens is the thin neck guy in succession. His name is Hugo. Hugo. I was close. Who is the thin neck in succession? Uh, yes, Gina. Neck like a pancake was from Arabian Nights. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, right. Your neck like a cake for a king. Neck yeah. like a king. Um, okay, and so she goes off after meeting the crows, and she uh, meets a. She gets waylaid by robbers in her carriage, her horse carriage, and Gerda is only saved because a little robber girl wants to keep her as a playmate. They go to the robber's castle, and the robber girl it's has a bad. All- it's a bad castle. I mean, they have a castle, but it's like cracked from top to bottom. It's not. It's not a good place. And she has all sorts of animals. She has a whole bunch of pigeons and a captive reindeer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, or I guess they're doves, whatever. The doves tell Gerda that they have seen Kai. And they saw him with the Snow Queen. And the reindeer is like, oh, I could take you there. And Gerda somehow just convinces the robber the robber girl to be like, hey, can I go? Yeah, because she's like friendly with the robber girl. The robber girl has some allegiance to her because the robber girl's mom kind of like threatens to kill her. But then yes. the robber, the robber girl's like, nah, I want, if I, I'm not going to let them kill you. I'll kill you myself. If, if I want to kill you <laughs> I would like a friend and until I don't want a friend, then I will kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so the reindeer, this is okay. So like, I like that there was a friendly reindeer who was, who like Sven is a reindeer who's mm-hmm. friendly. So someone coming to this, having seen Frozen, I was feeling at home now that there was a reindeer who was going to bat for our main character. Uh-huh. They go um, first. It is the the Lapland and the Finnish woman is the name of the chapter in my edition. <laughs> and the, the Sami woman and the Finn woman. But yeah, okay. it's similar. Um, and the first woman that they go to is like, wow, you uh, need to keep going farther and you're going to encounter someone else. Let me write down what your deal is on this fish, Mm -hmm. and you can take the fish with you, and then she'll know what's up. Yeah, and then she gets the fish note, and she memorizes it, and then she eats the fish because you're (laughs) not going to waste anything. She reads the fish three times. I'm just going to start writing all my notes on like fruit roll-ups so that whoever gets them can eat them later. Yep. Uh, And the reindeer is like, hey, lady, this is this girl's problem. 
Um, could you like give her magic powers or something to fight the Snow Queen, please? Mm-hmm. Like the twelfth, like the the strength of twelve men, or or just something to like not just punch the Snow Queen and take her friend back. And I don't know what it said in your edition, Andrew. This is what it said in mine. I can give her no greater power than she has already. Don't you see how strong that is? How men and animals are obliged to serve her and how well she has got through the world barefooted as she is. She cannot receive any power from me greater than she now has. Yeah, don't you see how people and animals must serve her, how she has come so far in the world even barefoot? We can't tell her of this power. It's in her heart. It's because she is a sweet, innocent child. Yeah, I think the the phrase mine uses is like pure of heart. So she yeah. she is a and basically like if she can't if she can't get there and figure this out herself, like I, I I don't know, I can't do anything. I'm just eating a fish note over here. I can't I can't help. There was something that reminded me in this fairy tale of um, Wrinkle in Time of just like mm-hmm. going to this malevolent force and being a kid who is pure of heart and like you will figure it out when you get there because Mm -hmm. you are a good enough person. And as long as you don't stray from your essence, like you, I think there's, there's a lot of that in like coming of age, sort of kids, like sci-fi and fantasy where it's like, Oh, you'll, you'll know when you get there. And the person is like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then they get there and they do know. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of tension from that. The Dark is Rising series comes to me on that front, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, So they go to the Snow Queen house. It is very much like what else? It's the ice castle from Frozen. Yeah. Hans Christian Andersen watched Frozen (laughs) and then came back and wrote this story about this ice castle. Um, I was not prepared for the snowflakes to be evil creatures that they had to fight. Wait, giant really? evil snowflakes. You weren't you weren't prepared for that? I don't think I've encountered <laughs> media where snowflakes were evil before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, usually it's all about how like intricate and unique they are. Yeah, not, yeah. I, I've encountered plenty of media where you know snow misers and Doctor Freezes use cold mm-hmm. to bad Miss, ends. Mister Freeze, excuse me. Jeez, Wait, no, don't he's give a doctor. it to. Yeah, but he goes by Mr. Freeze. Does he? Yeah, doesn't he? Dr. Victor Freeze? His name is not Dr. Freeze. (laughs) His name is Mr. Freeze. Okay, sure. And actually, if he is a doctor, that's hilarious. Yeah, Dr. (laughs) Victor Freeze, but he calls himself Mr. Freeze? (laughs) Is this like a a legal thing where... He earned his doctorate under one name, and they won't like let him use it for. Maybe they took it away. <laughs> They're be- worried about like academia stolen valor, and they won't let him like be a doctor. <laughs> so she encounters the evil snowflakes. Gerda does, and she starts to recite the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. because we have not really talked about how Christian this work is. It's pretty Christian. It's pretty Christian. Uh, and so she recites the Lord's Prayer, and her breath, her cold breath, mm-hmm. turn. you ever been outside when it's cold? You breathe, you can see it. Yeah. And her cold breath turns into angels, which... Sure. And sometimes, which, if, you're, if, sometimes if you're outside and it's really holy out there, your breath turns into <laughs> angels. Everybody knows this. It, you know, the humidity is 30%. The, the holiness is 100%. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and but it's angels, a dry, it's a dry holy. It's a dry holy. <laughs> it wards off the 
snowflakes, the evil snowflakes, mm-hmm. which allows her to gain access to the snow palace. Um, and the Snow Queen has buzzed off to do Snow Queen things. She, she went off to look at volcanoes and like, I'm going to make it snow and grease or whatever. Bye. It's <laughs> like, really she doesn't, weird. She doesn't reappear. That is the most like fairy tale nonsense thing that this story does is that she is not like they do not have to have a final showdown with her. She's just going about her Snow Queen things and the kids get to have their own like resolution. It is interesting how Disney could not break a story that had the Snow Queen as antagonist. And it that's got to stem from the fact that Hans Christian Andersen did not bother to do it either. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> like yes. the real antagonist is this this troll mirror from the beginning. Yeah. And that's that's where everything stems from. Yep. Yep. She's um, just a I there it's never like, sufficiently like, explained why she took Kai either, though. Yes. But like and and also about the movie Frozen, which again I did watch today. Please, yes. <laughs> it is interesting how Elsa does for the first half of the movie at least, like sort of play the role of antagonist. Yeah, she does. Whether she's like witting about it or not like she is the the thing that everybody else in the movie has to like push back against yeah oh no it's very until it, until very that clever duke guy turns on a dime is like hey actually i'm a big jerk it's very smart the movie frozen is good olaf's bad but the mm-hmm. movie frozen good Olaf's not, not good olaf's bad he's a bad snowman i i have i have had a like transformative experience watching a kid at a summer camp sing let it go like that that song is something else Mm -hmm. on like on top of the movie existing and it's fine it's a fun movie Mm -hmm. except for olaf he's terrible Um, (laughs) like i'm sorry josh gad you have had a wonderful career you do great things except olaf i'm sorry well, it's just it's not it's not necessarily Josh Gads, but we did get some people in the chat who are who were done with bad with Gad is the movement. I think that they they belong. I, I mean, to. I think he kept he made Olaf be in the movie. I think. Wow, really? Why did he have any say over this? I think they were like bringing him in on it, and like he was like, "You can't cut Olaf. I'm here. Ick. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Ick. <laughs> you can't. You can't cut him. You can't. It's in my contract. <laughs> Uh, now I forget what I was even going to say because I'm so mad about that. So mad about Olaf. Oh, sure. Well, just that, Whatever. that That she... Okay, so the Snow Queen is buzzed off. She's not even here. Kai is in the Mirror of Reason Frozen Lake. Mm-hmm. He is trying to use ice pieces to form the word eternity. So he can will... escape from the Ice Queen? So he can be like free of the Ice... The Snow Queen who also he loves? Yeah, it's kind of mm. fuzzy what she wants him for and why he's there in the first place. Um, but Gerda sees him. She sings her rose song. Her tears melt his heart. And then he starts crying, which causes the mirror to leave his eyes. And then they Mm -hmm. dance, which I think causes the eternity to appear in the icicles. And then they leave Mm -hmm. and they go home and it's summertime. Mm hmm. Uh, and Gerda's grandma. Uh, I'm just going to read this passage from my edition. Um, the grandmother sat in God's bright sunshine, and she read aloud from the Bible. Except ye become as little children, ye shall ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And Kai and Gerda 
looked into each other's eyes and all at once understood the words of the old song, Roses bloom and cease to be, but we shall the Christ child see. And they both sat there, grown up, yet children at heart, and it was summer, warm, beautiful summer. Mm -hmm. And so So, the the lesson of the movie Frozen is like, it can be good (laughs) if it's cold, too. That, and the lesson okay of the, the lesson of the Snow Queen is like it's, it's bad if it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> your heart might turn into ice because it got hit by the Devil Mirror. Yeah, the Devil. They don't. They never really solve the Devil Mirror. <laughs> like and not like Hardy got, Boys they, and the Devil Mirror. They solve it for Kai though, which is all that we really need for purposes of this this tale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I th- this is a whole like, I mean, literally a Black Mirror where. Whoa. You could have an anthology about series it. about different people getting hit in like the eye or the nose or whatever by the devil mirror, and then that, what happen? What then? What happens? That is the part that screamed Arabian Nights to me. Was mm-hmm. like a demon did a whack thing, and now mm-hmm. it's causing all sorts of problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're never going to go back to the root cause. We're just going to tell some interesting stories about what happens, and I, and I do like that the mirror is like a metaphor for people with a crappy view of the world who are mm-hmm. kind of brats and snobs and jerks. Um, the fact that the Snow Queen is involved is kind of irrelevant to everything, mm-hmm. except for the fact that she took Kai away in the first place. She doesn't seem to have a plan for him. She doesn't do anything with him once he's there. He was gonna be infected with the mirror and the ice in his heart regardless of her involvement mm-hmm. uh so it's mostly a story about gerda saving her friend caitlin says getting hit in the nose by a devil mirror sounds like an alternate term for doing cocaine <laughs> if that were i'm if gonna that go were, hold on i'm gonna go snort off the devil's mirror <laughs> this this text would become <laughs> integral to dare presentations if that if cocaine <laughs> was what the devil's mirror was. I mean, we got we already got the devil's lettuce. This is the devil's mirror. <laughs> That's very good. Heroin is the devil's vaccine, I guess. I don't. <laughs> oh my god. What? Okay, so the you devil, saw the devil's flu shot. You saw the film Frozen. I did see the film Frozen very today, recently, I guess. Mm-hmm. and then you it read... recommended that I watch Frozen too, and I was like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. Um and I and you read this book. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your what are your general thoughts? Just I'm glad to have watched thing. the movie Frozen. I guess okay. Um, and Hans Christian Andersen's such a wild dude that I am glad to have revisited him. Yeah, sure. And it feels like there are people who we've revisited more times for less reason. Correct. I agree. The with that. Years yeah. that we've been doing the show. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Allegra there's, says there's Frozen maybe a... Two was DNF for for her. Oh wow, which I I get. I do think it's generally held to be not as good as the first one, but not like terrible. I don't know. No, it's it's uh, one of those things. Like somebody in the chat earlier said that they knew a kid who liked Frozen Two best. Yeah, and this is sort of analogous to my. So there's the cat in the hat and then there's the cat in the hat comes back, which is the one where everything gets pink and they like get guns and they shoot all the pink with the guns. And I remember cat in the hat comes back kind of slapping and then I read it and I'm like, man, I don't like this. And also I have to like on the fly, change this part about killing spots with guns so that my son doesn't read about guns. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. 
But so I don't know. It's maybe just maybe that captures the younger generation. A lot of you know? a lot of kids are going to come to their senses about Frozen Two, is what I'm saying. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and and Frozen is like the urtext for these characters. So like, mm-hmm. if if Elsa is a character that speaks to you, like you need to go back and watch Frozen. You need to figure mm-hmm. that out. Colleen says the making of Frozen Two is so fascinating. A great examination of a challenging artistic process, and I've got to I've got to believe that is true because it is like the same musical talent doing both the the yep like the sung songs and the score yep and starting from the studio demands this we we don't want it to be bad can we work backwards to making it good and yeah it's not you know it is it is very very hard to do that and i don't like blame them for (laughs) <laughs> not succeeding but it yeah what that is, is the, extremely tough. what is the song from frozen 2 i'm just trying to remember like what the big song was let it go again into the is it into the great unknown i couldn't possibly tell into you. the unknown hmm. um and it is definitely a like what if we did let it go again song mm-hmm. and you can feel it yeah um and it does it is not it's not as good Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad we read the Snow Queen, Andrew. I'm glad we read the Snow Queen too. I think I'm glad we have we Hans should... Christian Andersen in our in our stable. I That's... think maybe maybe some t- maybe in a few years we come back to Emperor's New Clothes and also we watch Emperor's New Groove. Is that does that does that have anything to do with the Emperor's New Clothes? I mean, or is he just getting a new groove? Mm, okay. All right. Sure. We're thinking about. I don't think I've seen Emperor's New Groove either. Whoa! I just don't watch that many movies. I don't know. And that was the, I think the last like Disney, like late Renaissance movie I saw was probably Hunchback. Like I didn't see Hercules. I didn't see Tarzan. Like my grandma stopped taking us after a while. Yeah. And I just yeah. never like I was too I was just quote too old. That's to about where I fell off Disney too. Movies. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah so yeah. only I only watched Mulan for the first time recently. And that was Listen. that was also nice. It was all right. Mulan's fine. Yeah. It's fine. What 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 about Mulan? Well, I just as someone whose uh first name is one letter off from Mulan. Um yeah, that must be that must have been hard. It was just a weird why are we talking about Mulan? I mean, between your first name being Mylan and your last name being Getting, it, did, every, it took everybody, until everybody, high school before everybody, people started using Getting in a way that was kind of a joke. Okay, because it is a little more complicated to be like, yeah, Craig getting upset about how his first name is yeah. sort of like Mulan, but it's, yeah. they they're getting you from both ends. I don't dislike Mulan on its own merits. It was just that people were like wielding Mulan at me in a weird way. That mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. That's that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Mulan is fine. Mulan is you know I feel like the 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 Eddie Murphy dragon is like yeah we're still we still don't know what to do with this comic relief. He's no donkey. I'll t- I'll tell you that he's no donkey. <laughs> he's not as bad as Olaf, but he's no genie and he's no donkey. He's no donkey. So he's not even that squirrel from Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, Courtney says Craig has a first name. Whoa. Even if Whoopsie you didn't know doodle. that he had a different first name from Craig, like you still thought that he had a first name <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there we go. Um, I hope that whatever they do with Lilo and Stitch next doesn't ruin Lilo and Stitch because I think they're revisiting Lilo and Stitch. Okay, sure, fine. 
that's the podcast, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, thanks especially to our Patreon supporters for joining us in the chat and providing us with much comic relief as we move along. Um, you can find us on social media at OverduePod. You can send us an email, OverduePod at gmail.com. Our theme song is composed by Nick Larangis. Uh, Andrew, if anyone wants to know more about the show, where do they go? They go to OverduePodcast.com, which is an internet website. We have links to the books that we have read and are going to read. We also have a link up there to our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash OverduePod. All the people in the chat who've been chatting it up getting threatened by the hosts making funny jokes the whole time like it's been a, it's been a big night <laughs> for the chat if you want to join us you can support the show financially get access to our discord server access to bonus episodes early to long read episodes early all kinds of stuff patreon.com slash overdue pod craig i think that's it yep uh by the time this is on the main feed we'll be well into january so keep an eye out for our february schedule it will be sequels and uh if you haven't listened to our january episodes at least a few of them will be public domain related so have a good time all right everybody thank you so much for listening to us talk about the movie frozen and also the snow queen (laughs) and until we talk to you next time please try to be happy more about the 12 days Allegra says they're about birds and slaves I don't want to know you know here's another here's a fun fact did you know Hanukkah runs into like January next year it's super late I felt like it was getting earlier and earlier and I guess it's like and now rubber banding back around back around to being super late I read I saw this on some one of my aunts got Henry a highlights for children subscription Ooh. and I was reading through the calendar after I did all like the After you solved everything? After I did all the hidden objects puzzles, which were super easy and (laughs) just insulting, I think. Um, How dare they give them But yeah, they had had Honk on there, and it's just super late. Weird. Uh, We got... Okay, I can share this with the YouTube audience. It's not highlights highlights for children anymore. It's just highlights. But yes, it still exists. We have highlights uh, for babies called Hello. Oh, is this about eyes on your face? Yeah, it's called Hello. I think is the magazine and it's a little book for babies that comes in the mail once a month and each one has a theme and this month's theme or last month's theme was you like you the baby and like about your body there's like a little little page about like what different finger like what your fingers can do like hold a spoon or you know not pick your nose but whatever and then there's always a song in the book and it's always to the tune of a song you already know. Like you work right. at Coldstone Creamery. Like I'm familiar with how this works. And this one was called Eyes on Your Face. Parentheses loaded into the Parentheses to the tune of Wheels on the Bus. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna bring up the I think I ha- yeah, here it is. Okay, great. Yes. <laughs> Just gotta shrink it. So Zoom it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for this, folks. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it so much.
Okay, here we go. With the eyes on your face, you see, 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 see. You're gonna sing it. With the eyes on your face, you see, 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 see. With the eyes on your face, you see, 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 eyes on your face. Now the thing is, is that Simon loves the wheels on the bus. It is one of his favorite songs. So this went over like gangbusters, and now we're sitting here singing eyes on eyes your face. On your face. Mm-hmm. I just like that it implies that the last line of wheels of the bus are <laughs> wheels on the bus. <laughs> you can you can sing about like I was singing with the teeth in your mouth. You chomp, chomp, chomp the other mm-hmm. day, you know, and then you get to say teeth in teeth your in mouth. mouth. Mm-hmm. So that's our holiday gift to you. Um, yeah, Carrie Highlights says magazine. out of context that has big horror vibes. Yes, absolutely could hear a minor key, like creepy kids singing, eyes on your face, just like before you get killed by we, some we character who recently entered the public face. domain. Yeah, we see 